Welcome to part three of the video series. And today is what you've been waiting for. Remember, we're getting organized. We're being more efficient so that we can give ourselves that 10% raise. If you haven't watched part one and part two, go back. We talk about a lot of that detail that's really important to go through before you get into these practical steps. All right, there are only two ways to improve our financial situation. We can reduce our expenses, we can increase our income, or we can do both. We're focusing here on reducing the expenses because that's the easiest way to improve our financial situation. That's what we've been talking about in this video series. We're gonna walk you through multiple categories inside of your household situation in order to save that extra 10%. But how are we going to do that? What do we need to do here, Mike, to start off? All right. So remember in the previous video, so part two is when we took our net worth and we put it on paper, we did our income, we know our income and we know our expenses. Those are the foundation of what we're going to talk about today. And let's give an example. Let's give an easy example of you make $60,000 a year. So therefore you have $5,000 a month. And if you want to give yourself a 10% raise, where does that extra $500 come from? Right? We talked about what to do with it. Now we're going to tell you in detail where we have done this for ourselves and where we teach our clients and members inside of ILMA ways, practical ways to do that. And we like to call that stuff. So Jason, explain what stuff means. Yeah. Stuff is an acronym S T U F for the basics or what we are calling the four walls, the urgency, the things that we need in order to live our life. S is shelter. T is transportation. U is utilities and F is food. So that's S-T-U-F. Those are the main areas or categories inside of our household that the majority of us will need to spend some kind of money on in our households. Now, there are other things outside of that. Not everybody falls into those categories. So we're going to only focus on this stuff, the S-T-U-F in this video series, so that we can help you in real day-to-day -day life on how to reduce your expenses so that you can give yourself that 10% raise. So the first one, shelter. Mike, walk us through a couple of real life, real world ways that we can reduce our expenses in the shelter category. Yeah, as we've mentioned before, our home, our mortgage, these are and should be the highest line item in our expenses, right? We may have to spend more in rent, or a mortgage, it's just going to be more than other line items. And we understand that. It's typically the largest purchase that we will make in our lifetime. And one of those things that you could to reduce those could be to downsize. Now, we understand moving is a hassle. It's not for everybody. We, we understand it's emotional. And we're not telling you to do that, but it is an option. Another option is if you do have extra rooms, you could rent out a room. You could do that on Airbnb. You could even do a house share, meaning maybe it's not even your house anymore. If you downsize and you want to start living with friends or other family members for a period of time while you give yourself a raise to hit those other goals of living your ideal life, 
and reaching financial freedom years, if not decades sooner. This is one of the best ways to do that. Is there anything else that you would like to add, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. So I know that uh, some of you are probably cringing at what Mike is talking about, downsizing your house. Like most of you love your homes, right? A lot of us love our homes. We've, we've looked, we've waited, we've saved, we've done the things that we need to do to have that home. And coach Mike, you're telling me that I need to downsize. I need to give up this house. No way, no way, right? You cringe at that or house sharing. I mean, I have to give up my privacy. What are you talking about? Like some of these are extreme. We understand that. And again, it's not for everybody. It's okay to know what you're willing to sacrifice and what you're not willing to sacrifice. I touched on that in an earlier video. But these are some of the things that you need to consider in order to reduce some of those expenses that you have determined that are keeping you from financial freedom. Right. And then you're willing to do certain things to sacrifice and then you're not willing to do other things. So that's one of the things that I would say is like, I know that sometimes you probably are going to cringe at some of the things that we're suggesting that you consider. We're not telling you to do them, but we're saying have that option of, wait a minute, is this something that I'm willing to do or not willing to do in order to reach those more important goals over here? Or might, they might not be as important. So you're going to say, no, I'm not going to do that. So another thing I would say, especially in housing, is... Um, to move further from the city, right? A lot of times, uh, the closer you move to the city or the closer you live to the city, the more expensive your home will be. So if you move further away, usually it gets a little bit uh, cheaper. And then again, this is all going to depend on your situation, right? Your income, your expenses, your situation with your family, how many people you have, are you flexible? Do you have limitations in your mobility? All these things are factors in what you are willing to do and then what you can do. Some people literally can't do things like downsize or literally can't house share because they already are in a tiny place that they can't share a home. They don't have an extra room, all these things. So these are just suggestions, again, of things to consider in order to reach your financial freedom uh, definition. So that's what I would say in, in shelter. There's just a couple of other things that you could do to be creative. We tend to think of one way. This is the way to do it. I have to get an apartment. I have to get a house. This is how it works. But you and I both, Mike, Mike and Jason, we both have different situations that are creative that we have reduced a lot of our expenses when it comes to shelter. And we talk about that inside of our membership as well. So that's shelter. All right, T. Yes, perfect. Oh. And be sure as we continue, everything that we're suggesting we have done ourselves. We're not telling you to do anything that we haven't or are not willing to do. Yeah. So on stuff, the next one is T. This is mm -hmm. transportation. This is one of my favorites because when I was in the U.S. before 25 years old, I had at one point I had three cars. <laughs> I can only drive one at a time. <laughs> they were all insured, by the way. So I had all these other expenses, when, which comes with three cars, maintenance and insurance, taxes. And when I decided to leave on my first international flight to Australia, I knew I was not going to buy a car. One, because I researched and the public transportation was good, and I was going to get back onto a bicycle. So I sold all three of those cars. I didn't purchase a car the entire time I was in Australia, took public transport, and I rode a bicycle for those 10 years. I did that. That 
that one decision easily has turned into over a hundred thousand dollars easily. And again, we go into detail in membership and I share that story with everyone, but I really love how we could do that. You could ride a bicycle. Another thing you could do is you could downsize your car. Maybe have a car, a new to you car for 25,000, right? When you did your net worth spreadsheet, you realize, wow, I have a $25,000 car loan at 6% interest. Well, the quickest way to get rid of that is to sell the car. And then you could go and buy a $2,000 car. It's possible. You could do that. I can tell you my journey at 16 years old, my first car cost me $500. That might be funny, except for the second car cost me $400. <laughs> and then it gets really funny because I was riding around on a $600 bicycle when I got to Australia. Right? So all of these things are possible. But again, where can you reduce in your transportation? So Jason, what are some other areas that someone could reduce their yeah. transportation costs? I'm seeing a theme here where there's so many things that we're going to be addressing and bringing up that could be cringeworthy, but that's just because you have been conditioned to think you have to have certain things certain ways. And this is what we're trying to break out of our minds and out of our habits is maybe there's a different way. In fact, we're certain there is a different way, but it's whether or not we're willing to look at that way in order to reach financial freedom, in order to live our ideal lives. That's the point here. We're not telling you you have to downsize your car. Again, it's about what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do to figure out how do I get to that ideal life? I want to start living my ideal life. I'm tired. Like I said earlier in a previous video, I was tired of living this life that I was like, this is kind of miserable. I hate living paycheck to paycheck. I hate having debt. I hate all of these things. I can't do anything. And that was more miserable. And now I'm living my ideal life. I'm on my way to financial freedom. I'm doing all the things that I really want to do. And sometimes I have bumps in the road and that's okay. But as far as transportation, I did exactly what we're talking about. I downsized my nice car. In fact, our two nice cars, I sold them. And I drove a $4,000 car for like three years. And I've done that. And I, so another thing is carpooling. Right. If you have a friend or a coworker, obviously they're coworkers. If you're close by in that, you know, job, you can carpool, switch off. It'll save you gas. It'll save you maintenance on your vehicle. Right. You can carpool to certain certain places, share rides, do the things that you need to do to reduce your expenses in, in your car, uh, gas, in your insurance, in your maintenance, all these things. Another thing you can probably do is you can shop for better insurance. There are other companies other than your company. I mean, it's very competitive out there and you can reduce your ex uh, expenses when it comes to insurance. So even if you saved $100 a year, that's still something. It's still something toward uh, giving yourself that, that raise. And if you do enough of those somethings, maybe one or two in each of these categories we're talking about, that could get to your, in this example, a $500 a month uh, raise, you're giving yourself that raise. So that's the transportation side. And again, this is just one of those things is remember, remember, remember that all of these are, could be temporary for you, right? We tend to think, oh, if I sell my car, I'm going to drive a piece of garbage forever. No, no, you're not. You're only going to make the sacrifice until you can afford to not make the sacrifice. It's always temporary. You can always get another car. You can always get another house. You can always do what you want to do once you set up your foundation 
and then you can afford to do those other things. What we're trying to do is, yes, we need to make some sacrifices in order to get out of the mess. And once we get out of the mess, then you can drive whatever you want. You can have whatever house you want, like assuming that you can afford all these things. So remember, it's always temporary. Don't think of this as always permanent stuff. This is just temporary stuff. All right. What's our number three, Mike? All right. Back to stuff, right? S-T-U. We're on utilities. So for your household, some of the things that you may need to do is review and possibly cut your cable or any of the other subscriptions that you stream on or any other memberships, right? That's why we did the expense tracker. Now you know where all you're spending all your money. So in the example of making $60,000, $5,000 a month, giving yourself that $500, 10% raise. I have had clients that have spent $500 or more on just subscriptions to watch television. To me, that seems outrageous. But again, where are your priorities? If they're similar to mine, there's no way I'd spend $500 on watching television. But if that is you, that's okay. Maybe you only need to cut one of those services. Or maybe you had two duplicates one. Like, for example, I had a couple, the wife and the husband both had a Netflix account. They live in the same house. Why do they both need Netflix? Right? So review those expenses. Where else are there duplicates? I had another client that had two Audible accounts, right? She liked listening to um, podcasts and uh, audiobooks, but she ended up paying for that twice. She thought she it was every two weeks they were coming out. No, that's a monthly subscription. And I pointed out to her that she used two different email addresses to sign up and was still paying on those when she was only using one email address. Another area where it's one of my favorites is the phone, your, your mobile phone and your home Wi-Fi. Do you have unlimited data at home and on your phone? Well, maybe you don't need to, right? Maybe you only need, if you work from home, maybe you only need to have unlimited Wi-Fi at home. And then your phone, you could get by with a, a, a lesser or a cheaper plan, right? There, those are some of the things that come up for me. For other spending and, and household utilities, what comes up for you, Jason? Yeah. One of the biggest things that you taught me was Amazon. Amazon is something, I mean, obviously I knew about Amazon, but this trick I learned from you. And that's removing your card from the wallet in Amazon, right? It's so easy to do a one-click Amazon purchase these days. And I mean, we got Amazon boxes coming to our doors and, you know, all this stuff is so easy. Like, oh, I'll pop on Amazon and I'll need this one thing. And then you end up with three or four things in your cart and you can one click it like that. But if you take your card out of that wallet or, you know, not save it, then you have to physically push in the numbers, right? Enter the numbers in order to purchase. It gives you a little bit more time to think about, do I really need this? Or is this an impulse purchase? If it's an impulse purchase, you now have to make that decision. Do I really, uh, am I really going to buy it? Or you know what, that can that can wait. Wait a minute, hold on a second. I've got other things that I want to do with that money. I should probably delete it from my cart or put it in the save for later or whatever your system is. I, I love that idea of, wait a minute, just gives you an extra hoop 
to jump through in order to make a purchase that you probably shouldn't be making at that moment anyway. So that was one thing. And then the other thing is negotiate. I mean, you're a big negotiator as well. And I love negotiating on your bills, love negotiating uh, with your company. So you use the example of the phone and the Wi-Fi. I think that's one thing is like, can you negotiate that your company, if you're a remote or a hybrid worker, can you negotiate that your company pays for your phone, pays for your Wi-Fi? Some of these utilities, uh, you know, are really, really easy to negotiate with. You can call up your cable company and say, hey, give me a discount. I've been a customer for nine years or whatever it might be. And sometimes they'll say, oh, good, we're, we're running a special and we'll give you 20 bucks off a month. Or There's all kinds of different ways that you can do it when you negotiate, when you just ask. Now, don't demand things, don't be nasty, but you can just say, hey, do you have a special running and do you have something else? Change companies if you need to, because they're running a special on new customers. There's all kinds of things that you can do to negotiate lower bills. And you do this again, you do it for one, two, three of these things, and then it adds up and it adds up. And then that's how you can get to your 10%, uh, giving yourself that 10% raise. The last letter of stuff, food. This is probably one of my love languages. And it's one of my favorite areas to reduce these expenses. And one of my most recent stories personally is when I went to the grocery store last week. I didn't have enough money. So I went in specifically, I had gift cards available and I thought I had our grocery budget inside of one of our food bags. When I got to checkout, I used all of the gift cards, but I had put more on in my cart than I had money for because I didn't have any cash. Now this could be embarrassing for some, but for me, it was an inconvenience, right? The lady had to take off things. The line behind me started getting longer, right? But my heart rate didn't change because I know I'll probably never see these people again. And I was sticking to our plan. So my wife and I, we have a set budget for food. So every month we spend $600 on groceries. And when we get to the end of the month and I have more things in the cart than the $600 allows, I have to put something back because then that takes, if I was embarrassed or if I had access to a credit card and I just tapped it and just went about my day thinking, oh, okay, I'll just pay for that later. Well, then now I don't have enough money in the other areas of my life, All right? So this is one of the things that I really stress about is the cash envelope system when it comes to food. So for food, Jason, what are some of the other areas people could reduce those expenses? Yeah, I'll get to the most controversial one last. But the, one of the big ones that I love is bulk cooking. Now, my wife is not a fan of bulk cooking because she doesn't want to have the same meal all the time, but I love it. So I make a big pot of spaghetti and I have that for like eight meals, not in a row, but like over a week or two, you can freeze some stuff. So I like bulk cooking and you put some, you know, the sauce in the freezer and then you just make noodles, heat up the sauce and boom, you're done. Like you can do that. So bulk cooking is going to be a lot cheaper in the long run because you actually are making a large portion and then you split it up. If you have a larger family, obviously uh, that's a little bit more difficult, but you can put some, some food in the freezer. Uh, the other thing is food sharing. And if you're not familiar with food sharing is going to the places like my beloved Costco and buying uh, food in bulk to get it cheaper, but you share that. So instead of you having three months worth of this item, 
you would split that with family members or friends that you trust and know. So uh, you can go and you can buy five pounds of this and between two families, now you have two and a half pounds and it, it cuts that cost for you as well. And then I would say two controversial ones that you're probably, again, theme is cringing, is reducing your eating out. I love eating out. I am a big eater outer because I love tasting different things, different cultures, different foods, and things that, frankly, I don't have the skill to make all the time. So I love eating out. So it, but reducing that number, not saying don't eat out ever, but reducing that. So say I go out three times a week. If I reduce that from three to two, then that would save me X amount of dollars per week, right? And then you times that by four, and then there's your month. Or if you are uh, eat out five times, right, you're reducing it to three, right? It saves you a couple of times. With that eating out uh, re reduction, you can also share meals when you go out. Or instead of getting an appetizer, you don't get the appetizer. Or don't buy your drinks out because it's very expensive to buy your drinks. So don't do the drinks, don't do the appetizer or, or switch off instead of doing an appetizer and a dessert, just do one of them, right? There are ways that you can do it. I did have clients that I suggested doing these shared meals because they loved eating out and they literally spent half of what they budgeted for because they shared every meal when they went out. They just shared it and it's okay. It reduces the calories that you have going into your body. So it's healthier for you. You have smaller meals, you have half the bill, and it was like, wow, we've got all this money to do other things like what Mike was talking about that are more important than that meal. So that's another one. And then the probably the most controversial is coffee, right? We're in a coffee house world and everybody loves their coffee. They, you go to those big name brands, which you know is your favorite. And you go there and you buy coffee almost every day or a lot of people do. But what if you, a couple of times, again, I'm not saying every single time, but what if a couple of times a week, instead of going five or six times a week to this chain, you made coffee at home and had good coffee at home, put it in your mug, go to work, do your thing, and you just saved six, seven, eight dollars twice a week, four times a month. Like this is, this adds up. You make choices based on your value system. So those are a couple of, of the things that I would say is uh, on my mind as far as like reducing costs, giving yourself that 10% raise around food. Because food is one of those big items that you can do something about because it's so easy to eat out. It's so easy to buy expensive meals. It's so easy to go to the grocery store, all that. I think there's one more, I think, Mike, you want to touch on uh, before we actually wrap up this series. Yeah, there is. Like, as you were talking, it, it reminded me of uh, when I first met Elle. So she was spending $1,000 a month for herself of food. Now that included wine and going out to dinner and all that. I personally was only spending $500 a month. So together, we were on track to spend $1,500 a month. Now we also came across this challenge that we're going to challenge you on is to eat your cupboard, right? What are the foods that you have in the cupboard, in your pantry, or in the freezer, right? What foods are there? And when we did this eat your cupboard challenge, we only ate the food that we had and got the basics over the next three months together, Elle and I spent $1,000, not $1,000 a month, $1,000 for three months. We were on track to spend 4,500, 
but then we only spent a thousand because we ate the food that we already had, we saved $3,500 and we didn't waste as much food. So eating your cupboard challenge in your freezer is a great way to save money. Yeah. And if you're watching this, I know you have food in your cupboard. Yeah. Even if it's just for one month, right? You're, you're reducing that one month of savings because you need to have that goal of, okay, well, I need to pay extra on this credit card or I need to save up for this item. Even one month of this kind of savings can change the trajectory of your financial life. All right, so as we wrap up this video series, I know there's a lot of information and a lot of things that we threw at you, but I think we've given you so much value in figuring out what you really need to do, how you need to do it, why you need to do it, all of the things. So we do want to give you that challenge. What is it that's going to give you that 10% raise? Is it, uh, and, and why? Why are you doing this? You know, but give you that challenge. I am going to save X amount of dollars. It doesn't have to be 10% for you. It could be more, it could be less. But what is that dollar amount that you want to save? And how long are you going to give yourself to do it? Are you going to do it in the 30 days? I know you can do it. Mike knows you can do it. But do you know you can do it? Give yourself that date. Give yourself that dollar. And then go through these examples again to find out what can I do and what am I willing to do? What am I not willing to do in order to, to save that amount of money over that amount of days? That's the biggest thing. Like if you walk through this, we know that you can do it. If you walk through exactly what we talked about, you can do this and think about what that's going to do for your life. Are you going to start living your ideal life? Are you getting on the path to financial freedom? Those are our goals for you because we want you to have that good life. And so as we conclude here, Mike, tell people just a little bit more about how we help people start living their ideal lives get them on the path to financial freedom inside of ILMA, which is Ideal Life and Money Academy again, and then give them that special uh, bonus that uh, we talked about earlier. Yes, by signing up and watching this three-part video series, you have a great foundation. But then maybe you are already doing all this, or maybe in 30 days, you really want to get started and take it to the next level. Because remember, we have seasons and our financial journey is always changing. How can we improve? How can we get even better? And that's exactly what we do inside of ILMA. We want to take you to the next level. Wherever you are, we want you to go even higher. And by watching this three-part video series, we want to offer you a 30-day free trial. So be sure to click the link in this email because you get 30 free days to actually see what we do, how we serve everyone that is inside of the membership and how you can go ahead and take it to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. Again, our goals are to help you start living your ideal life and get you on the path to financial freedom. And those are the two things that we focus on very, very hard in the membership. And it's with accountability. And that's one of the things that we have found is that when we do this, like all the things that we're talking about, most of it, you've heard before you you've heard it, you've read it, you can go do that. But where people really see change, people really see growth, people really see progress is when you circle yourself around people who want to see you win and you have that natural accountability. And that's where a group in a community like our Ideal Life and Money Academy comes in is because it's that natural accountability, it's inspiration, it's encouragement, it's all of these things inside of a community. And you're getting coaches and, and 
uh, people speaking in that have seen this in other people and know what we're doing. So that's the fastest way to progress. And I can't recommend it enough just because I know if I had this back when I started, I mean, I would be so much further along and it's fun too. It's fun. So with that said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for going through this. We, we know and trust that if you do apply the things that we've talked about, you will get progress. You will see yourself gaining that momentum to start living your ideal life and getting you on the path to financial freedom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, friends. It's been a pleasure to walk with you through this, and we hope to see you soon inside of the membership, if not elsewhere.